Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and uh, welcome to episode 165 of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. This will be five questions with Gary Rogowski. Uh, Gary, we're going to go right into it uh, with question number one. How did you get into woodworking? I started to hang out with scientists. What? That's it. That's the truth. Uh, I was at college and uh, didn't know what I was going to be doing. And um, these these physicists, were they could do things with their hands that I couldn't do. Fix motorcycles. Uh, one guy did metal work. And it, it opened my eyes to this other world of, of tools. And once you get hooked on tools, well, you know what happens. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. You know, that's too funny because I, I, I work in engineering and uh-huh. um, I know more than a few guys that are r- really big into motorcycles and and um, uh, other other mechanical ventures. So that that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Like not yeah. not not chemists, those kind of scientists. But uh, um, it was uh, it, it's interesting to see what, you know, what they tend to do. And this one guy who's who's arguably one of the older guys he's in nearing his 70s at this point but boy does he love nothing more than to go back home and and fiddle with his harley uh-huh. or, or or his woodworking tools i mean it, it all kind of transcends in a way yeah yeah it really does and 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 so i i got out of college and i was pouring concrete for a while and uh my boss um would uh, would build furniture, Re- pretty crude stuff. But I thought, well, geez, if Harvey can do this, I, maybe I can try <laughs> mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So I, I taught myself. I went into my basement shop for about four years and emerged, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, knowing a little bit of stuff. So, But that's it, it's a, a long, slow way to, to learn, teaching yourself. So, mm, it is. Bad. Did you have any interest before that introduction? I mean, in the, before college, I guess? No, not really, not at all. Oh, wow! My dad, my dad uh, did some work. Uh, you know, he built a, the church altar and he built me a desk and stuff. But I just had, I didn't have any interest in working with them on that stuff. Um, and it was only after I been at college and saw that there was different ways of doing that work that I, I got interested in. And and then the. This was the early seventies, so uh, the craft revival was happening then, mm-hmm. and so so there were guys like uh, Sam Maloof and Art Carpenter and Wendell Castle, uh, George Nakashima out there, and they were doing some cool stuff. So mm-hmm. when you saw that you could do cool stuff, you're not just banging two by fours together. It's like wow. <laughs> I, could, I could try this. This would be cool. And then this mm-hmm. new magazine came out. It was called Fine Woodworking. I've heard of that magazine. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was a late subscriber. I started subscribing at issue number two. And um, uh, yeah. And that's where, you know, we'd get information. That's That was it back then. I'd love to just keep going on about that. But um, to get on to the second actual question, what is your favorite tool? Next question, please. Uh, uh, favorite tool. All right, I'm just my bandsaw, my 16 inch Ace American bandsaw. 
I told my students back at the old building, we were up on the second floor, and it was an old furniture factory. It was, got divided up into lots of smaller shops, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a freight elevator and fire doors and alarm system and all that. And I used to tell my students, look, if there's a fire, go out into the hall, follow the lighted walkway, go down the the stairway. You'll be fine. Just get outside. We're not far away from from safety, and it'll be just fine because I am dragging that Yates American down the <laughs> stairs on my back. <laughs> you guys are on your own. <laughs> so maybe we need to revise that question. Not not what's your favorite tool. What what tool would you take with you in case of fire? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you. Uh, you can go on about this and that, but yeah, if I had to just grab one, that would be it. Is it because of the nostalgia of the saw, or because the utility that you get from it? In it's the a shop? great, it's a great saw, and it can do anything. I mean, it's not huge; it's got a half horsepower motor on it. It's not huge, um, but I can do so many things with that tool that it opened up my eyes to to things in woodworking that it was, they were closed to. Mm-hmm. You know, my first machine was a radial arm saw, and so oh. And, mm. Anyone who's had one of those, yeah, uh, knows how frustrating they can be trying to do precise work. So um, all of a sudden, I got a bandsaw. It's like, oh, I can cut joints, and I can, I can actually mill up lumber. I can resaw if I get a sharp blade on there. And, you know, it was, yeah, it really opened up my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the most important for a furniture maker. It's the most important machine in the shop. Uh, more important than a table saw. Uh, understood. There's your mention of a uh, radial arm saw. Every time I see uh, Frank Howarth use his radial arm saw, if you watch YouTube videos, he he does a lot of his cross cutting. Um, he does with he's got two different radial arm saws set up, and I just like I know how finicky those things can be. Oh, that brutal. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. and the idea like I I don't totally trust my compound miter saw. Uh, with with over under rails, like yeah. for precision in certain cuts, I'm like I really, you know, just anyway, yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, nothing more than that. But, so, uh, next question: who uh, who has in- influenced you the most in your woodworking? Who has influenced me the most? Yes. Um, uh, uh, um, wow. Wow. Um, I got a lot of influences. This is another hard question. Um, well, I guess I got to say Charles Rennie McIntosh has influenced my design work the most. So Charles Rennie McIntosh, a Scottish architect, hundred years ago. Really? That's a great answer. Well, he's, are, you, he was, are you familiar? I am. I am familiar. Um, as my uh, as my wife is Scottish, it would be. Um, I I think she would not have been allowed to grow up had she not learned who uh, Charles Rennie McIntosh was. Um, yeah, and uh, his work is is amazing. Yeah, his work is really incredible, and his wife's work. Uh, so there was a, a group of them called a group of four: him and his wife. And I, I want to say McMurdo and his wife, uh, and I, I apologize for not remembering their their first names. But um, yeah, their work was this beautiful synthesis of Art Nouveau, kind of going into Art Deco, but not quite. And it's 
it's really hard to put your finger on it, but you look at it and you go, wow, that's different. And I did this trip to Scotland you know, seven years ago uh, just to see his work. I had won an award. I'd won the Craft Fellowship Award for the state of Oregon back in the early 90s. And I, there was a small stipend that went along with it. And you know what I did with that stipend? I used it to buy groceries. I was so upset with myself, you know, because I was going to go to Scotland in the early 90s, and I didn't. And so in 2010, I finally took a trip to uh, by myself to Edinburgh first and then Glasgow and, and uh, looked at his look at the School of Art, which was amazing, and then some of his other work. And it's just astonishing stuff. Hmm. That is new to me. I've yeah. got to... Uh... Check a deeper yeah, you, on, you uh, need to check out his stuff, and it's everything from um, buildings to to furniture to jewelry to yeah, um, yeah, paintings. Yeah, yeah he's very thing. prolific. You've seen his work. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's you've that's, seen his work. The Adams Family movie, the chairs mm-hmm. in the background, those are those are Macintosh chairs. Really, that, that's oh, yeah. very interesting. Those tall I mean, back a, chairs, yeah, yeah, and and so I, I found a, a little cross section of four different uh, high back chairs, basically, yeah, uh, of his of his types. Um, that's uh, that's very interesting. That's a name I was previously unintroduced to. Yeah, uh, he was a big influence. Oh, excellent. Yeah, me. Well, with with Macintosh influencing you. Um, mm-hmm. what was your biggest stumbling block in woodworking and how could it have been avoided? Good Lord. These are tough questions. Aren't they? Wow. Um, biggest stumbling block. Wow. Well, and there's two ways to answer that. The biggest stumbling block was me. <laughs> um, that's really, that's probably the most honest answer. Um, just getting in the way of my own self. Um, and, you know, trying to do work that was too, too precious, too perfect, um, and learning, learning to let go, um, you know, trying to do this as a business is really tough. And, um, when I took on bigger jobs, I had a period of, uh, uh, of time where I, I had a lot of big commissions. So, uh, public commissions Oh, okay. and. And um, so I did the furniture for the state archives building. I built all the library tables and, and uh, designed the cabinets. Um, it's learning to, uh, um, you know, uh, woodworkers are, are are power freaks. We're, we're we want to be in control of everything. Where's my tool? Where's where's my wood? Where's this? Where's that? You want to know where everything is. You want your little world to be all set up, right? <laughs> and um, and then someone comes in and borrows something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's learning to let go of some of that and handing off jobs to other people. That was really tough for me. Um, so I, it was me. I kept getting in my own way. Learning to let go of control, learning to let other people uh, do some of the work for me. And Yeah, that was a big deal. And that's a, that's a good one and a difficult one to overcome. Yeah. Uh, well, at times. it's always, yeah, it's always us. <laughs> I think it's always us. Um, there's this great quote by, uh, uh, Rumi, this poet about, um, what are you waiting for? The door is already open. You know, so 
<laughs> what's what's preventing you from doing, you know, A, B, or C, from becoming a woodworker, from taking on that difficult piece and killing it, or you know, trying that different design. I mean, what's stopping you? It's only you. The world's already given you permission to try this stuff, but yeah. you come you come up with all these reasons. Oh, well, I'm too busy. Oh, well, you know, it's like that cabinet I didn't finish 20 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, I'll get around to it. There's there's nothing stopping me from doing it but me. So, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, the final question. Oh, you can rest geez, easy after questions. this. Wait a one second. more, just one more, <laughs> one more. Uh, okay. How has the internet influenced your work? Um, and I, I, I will say this as you're, as you're obviously pulling your thoughts together, you've, mm-hmm. you've been doing this far before the internet was popular before <laughs> the pop, you know, the internet was around. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. this may be a, a little different, although maybe not. So proceed. Well, um, yeah, it hasn't affected my my design work. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not a bit. Um, so it's it's hasn't had an effect on my on my building. It's had an effect on my business, um, on the school, and how I advertise, and how I reach out to people, and how they find me, and and uh, and how I find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diami and I have been Twitter buddies for a long time. I don't know when that happened. Do you remember when we time. actually met? No. <laughs> uh, was it in? How Iowa? could you forget? <laughs> it, it was at the Lee Nielsen Tool uh, Open House thing oh, in Brooklyn York. five, uh-huh. six years ago. Oh God, I got so sick of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't remember. <laughs> Uh, yeah, those could be, those can be challenging to do. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, that it's, that's good to hear. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I like hearing that, you know, as, as influential as the internet can be. And it's kind of like ties into, you know, your recent book, um, that, you know, we can be very distracted by all the things that have, the internet has brought us. That it hasn't changed your design process. It hasn't changed too much. I get this the the social aspect of the business where you know you need to spread the word and you get people finding you in different ways. That totally makes sense. But I I kind of like that. Yeah, I think it's um, it's also important to recognize. Um, that the internet is good and evil. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad information out there, and no, there's no one um, editing this information. Uh, and my students will come to me with a photo, and, they, and they'll say, "Look at this cool joint." And I go, "Well, that's too bad because it's going <laughs> to fall apart." Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's and here are the reasons why: because I've done this, and I know that this happens, and blah blah blah, whatever it is. Um, but you see stuff, and. F- this is something you learn when you start photographing work. Um, photography lies. Oh, you yeah. use it to your advantage uh, to make it lie for you, to make it present your, your work in the best possible light. So there's that that people just have to be aware of. Uh, and, and everyone's work also looks uh, 
really better than yours online. <laughs> 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 and so you have to guard yourself against that. So uh, there was this, uh, I, there's a, a wonderful guy named Curtis Buchanan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. uh, I met some 10, 10, 12 years ago, probably longer now, almost 20 years ago. Um, and we were talking about, um, about stuff and, and, um, and I'm not a, uh, a computer guy when it comes to design work. So I don't, I don't use computer programs for that. Although I was at, one of my students was working on the, the house of the guy. There's a guy who, who invented AutoCAD. Okay. And oh lives, my gosh. And he lives in Portland and Scott was working on his house for four years and I got to tour the house. It was really cool. So this guy made some good, good money on, on AutoCAD. Anyway, um, I don't use use it. And Curtis said to me once about drawing. He said, "Why would I, you know, why would I use a computer to, to, you know, do something in an hour that I could take four hours to do and enjoy myself?" <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's a question of what you want to be doing with your time. And um, yeah, I enjoy drawing, and I enjoy the I enjoy what it does to my brain when I when I do it. Um, do you think so. that drawing on the computer and drawing? On paper, clearly they're di- they're they're different as as much as they're the same. But do you think it actually it's a different action on your brain to do one versus the other? If you knew, I I can't really speak to it. I I don't d- use SketchUp. I know I've you know students have come in with drawings and that you know spun things around for me. And and boy, there are certainly certainly times when I I like doing that, but. Uh, or like the ability to do that, but I think that um, uh, there's there's uh, something to be to be learned. There's a connection between the hand and the brain that drawing helps create for us that you don't get with a mouse. Okay. Um, and uh, whether or not you end up uh, with the mouse, because you know, uh, in the previous episode we talked about, I was talking about the difference between the left brain and right brain, mm-hmm. and so much of woodworking is left brain. You know, having a cut list is crucial to my well-being. <laughs> if I don't have a cut list, I'm toast. I got to have a cut list, and that's all as logical as I can make it. And I'm figuring out board feet, and I'm figuring out, I'm estimating the job. All of that stuff happens um, from that. And so having SketchUp to spit out a cut list might be great, um, but I don't do it. So it's hard for me to say that you shouldn't shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that. At the same time, I know that um, designing. And designing work is is very different than building this stuff, and it's great fun and incredibly frustrating. But when you can build a model um, and go to the table saw or go to the bandsaw and take a cardboard box and cut it up and hot melt it together, and in an hour or two, you're looking at your piece sitting there going, oh, that sucks. That's so valuable. Mm-hmm. It's such valuable stuff rather than looking on a computer screen. I spent enough time looking at a computer screen that I love I love that that the fact that I can walk around a model that I just put together with hot milk glue and say, I gotta change this. Or I make a little little uh scale model. So years ago I went to our carpenter shop in in California and he, he said he didn't know how to draw. All he could do was cut things out on the bandsaw. And so around this this octagonal showroom he had were all these little models quarter scale models and they're just so cool 
Uh, and so I do those as well. And they give you so much valuable information and force you to build a piece. So if you're doing this, even if you're doing things with butt joints, uh, it forces you, well, how, how am I going to, do I put the sides together first or do I put the long rails on first, the short rails or, okay. all right, so I do the short rails and then I do the long rails and then I, you know, so it forces you to go through the steps. And uh, and so the modeling aspect, I think, is really important. While I've heard a million discussions about why modeling is helpful, I've never heard that one. That's really in- insightful. I think that it mm-hmm. it's, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's re- it's really fun. And then you and then you hear about Frank Geary, you know, the the, the famous architect mm-hmm. who designs designs buildings that look like your handkerchief, mm-hmm. and um, and he models he models his buildings. I don't know, I forget what he said. Something like three or four different different times of course he has minions and yes, I don't he, does. Have minions. <laughs> he has minions do his modeling but they model it in different scales each time so he's forced to look at it from different perspectives and that's what modeling is about it forces you to look at it you know you had it on paper well it looks one way on paper it looks one way on a, on a computer screen and then it looks different because now you're standing above the piece there it is sitting on the floor it's not on your bench um, and that that changes things. Uh, being able to walk around the piece, so really, really, really helpful. And because our woodworking is so, ooh, I want to insert an expletive right here. Uh, <laughs> labor intensive, you know, days, weeks, months uh, to get to the end of a project, and then to have it turn out, eh, you know, meh. It's not good enough when you finish a piece. You want to be really excited about it, and you want your clients or your sweetie to be excited about it. And and they're going to say, yeah, it's nice, but you want to be excited about it. And and so modeling is just so important to get those things worked out before you before you start uh, cutting wood. Mm-hmm. Really, really important. I want to say that one of the first times I ever saw like full-scale modeling done, and this isn't even that long ago, but it was um, – a friend of the show, Rob Boas, he was building a, a um, like a, a desk or an entryway table or something like that, where he, he phoned it, he, he or he formed it out of foam uh-huh. in one to one scale, though. So yeah. he had this design in his head, but and I think even he even had a digital digital design of it, but he then cut it out of insulation foam, two inch like rigid insulation foam. Yeah. And so he could put it in place and go, yeah, that may not work, you know, and you, you, you learn to massage that stuff. That is so valuable. Yeah, it's really important. And, and insulation is great. Uh, another great medium that you don't think of is cheese. <laughs> no, it's absolutely. No, absolutely what? great. Are you there? Yeah. 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 Cheese. <laughs> What is, what is that? Did we lose Gary? I hope not. Oh, that'd be a terrible spot to leave him on. (laughs) We did. Let me call him right back. All right. I just checked Skype. He didn't drop off. Uh, people to oh, now he is. Yeah, he did. it took him a second. <laughs> <That was> terrible. 
Ooh, you're all digital. Am I? Yeah. I mean, I'm just getting like digital blips. That wasn't just the noise of me calling him? The blah, blah. Oh, it could have been. It could have been. Gary, are you there? No, it's still dialing. Oh, yeah. I was just getting little like, little like, kind of digital blips. Hey. Hey, Gary. Hey, oh. you're back. I'm back. Sorry about that. My laptop said, we're about to shut you down. And oh. so I plugged it in and then it died on me. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. No problem. But you uh, left us with cheese is a good design. Cheese. <laughs> it's incredible. It's great because it's actually better as a teaching tool than a, as, a, as, a, as a modeling tool. Because um, when, when I, sometimes when I talk about uh, hollow grind on chisels, you mm-hmm. just take a piece of cheese and go, it's like this. And then you get to eat the results. You know? So ah. it's great. Um, no, there, there are different modeling, uh, media and, uh, I, I like cardboard, but foam is good. Foam is good. It's just, you got foam dust and cardboard dust is, is pretty easy, um, to deal with. Um, it doesn't, doesn't seem to mess up my tools as bad as, as foam does, but, uh, you know, solid wood works great too. Um, just just for modeling stuff and and then building prototypes is one of the great things about building prototypes is that you can knock them together with just about anything jeez did i lose you guys again no no, no we're still here no you're good yeah that was uh, i took a class with um jeff miller years ago and huh? he's a big believer in prototypes and his thought was to just you spit out a prototype as quick as you can to get the form and then you can play and refine from there. But the, fo- the prototype just needed to be constructed just well enough so that it didn't fall down on its own. Right. Yeah. I've had prototypes uh, come into class. They were put together with duct tape and, uh, support, uh, you know, just sort of sticks propping up parts of the, of the piece. Who cares? You know, it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're trying to get information from this stuff. Uh, I'm going to be at Jeff's uh, this coming May. I'm going to do a workshop there for oh, cool. a day or two. So, yeah, that'll be fun. He's uh, a nice and then guy. We're both, yeah, he's a great guy. And we're both going out to Iowa uh, for a weekend with Wood. In, oh, yes. Yeah, in May as well. So, That's a nice okay. event. Uh, Sean and I were there two years ago, Sean? Was it? It was. Yeah. Yes. Two, um, 2015. Yeah, yes. that's a really fun event. Yeah. Yeah, so well, we're both headed out there. So that'll be good. That'll be good. Well, excellent. But yeah, the uh, prototyping stuff is is really valuable. Um, and front-loading the work is what I call it. You know, Getting that figured out before you start cutting into your stock is just saves you heartache down the road. Hmm. Yeah, it's much easier to make a mistake with plywood, uh, with cardboard. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. Fix it. I built a model one time. I did a breakfast table, and the stretcher on the on the table was a column table, and um, it was way too high. And that was the whole design was that stretcher. And I built a model. And I went, oh, doesn't work. Okay, so it makes it real easy to fix. All right. Well. Again, thank you for coming on and for staying late with us to to do the oh yeah these extra questions. We've really enjoyed the discussion. Before we let you go, 
again, where can people find out more about you online, the Northwest Woodworking Studios, and importantly, where can people get the book? Well, uh, our uh, studio has a website called northwestwoodworking.com. That's Northwest all spelled out, northwestwoodworking.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Gary Rogowski. Uh, Facebook is uh, at Northwest Woodworking Studio. Um, and the book is uh, being sold uh through the Woodworkers Library. That's the publisher is Linden Publishing. Uh, but uh, their website is called Woodworkers Library. And uh, we pop right up and you get the book there. And the name of the book? The name of the book, Handmade, Creative Focus in the Age of Distraction. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Gary, thank you again for coming on. We have thoroughly enjoyed oh. this. Um, and until next time, we'll, uh, we'll talk to everyone later. Stay safe in the shop.